0: Has the next bull market for silver and gold started? I want to talk about the top two questions that we need to be asking to determine whether or not that's the case. Now, I get it. Right off the bat, I know some of my viewers, some of my listeners are going to be turned off by the fact that I'm talking about these silver and gold markets as if they're actually legitimate markets. Right? We might as well just put them in quotations. And the reason for that is seemingly every major market around the world these days is in some way, shape, or form manipulated. The price is managed. In the case of silver and gold, many people would say suppressed, and I absolutely would agree with that, that manipulation occurs in almost every market, especially the silver and gold market. They oftentimes get singled out, and it's been a big part of why silver and gold, until very recently, have basically been range-bound for like four or five years, right? Right? Silver very well could still be range-bound. Gold has has kind of broken out of its range, right? I absolutely acknowledge manipulation, management of prices occurs, but I'm not going to go so far as to say that it's the only factor in play here, right? And that's why I am making this video. I mean, what's the point of even discussing this if I'm just going to come out here? I, I, I might as well just make a video each day and say, hey, silver and gold are still manipulated. Thanks for watching. See you later. But I think there's more to this. There's many, many more variables, factors that we have to take into account, and I want to talk about maybe one of the biggest one that that we're going to have to understand better over the next 12 months, and that is what's happening with the dollar, namely what what some people would call a dollar shortage or a euro dollar squeeze. Now these are talking about dollars, offshore dollars, not domestic dollars here in the United States that are. Getting increasingly expensive to borrow in a, in a lot of countries, a lot of emerging markets. Some would call it a shortage, not in the sense that they're running out of dollars, right? The Fed and and other banks worldwide and whatnot—they have plenty of dollars to provide to the system. But at some point, you know, the the liquidity in the dollar market has been squeezed over the last—I oh, probably say—18 months. Right. This has been going on, slowly building up for quite some time now. It's happened for a variety of factors. Part of it is quantitative easing, which we saw begin, I want to say, in the fall of, I think, 2017 now. right, And it hasn't quite ended yet. They're still doing a little bit of quantitative easing. But, but it was at a point there where where the Fed was scheduled to basically unwind something like $50 billion off their balance sheet in a single month. I don't know if they actually reached that number but they got pretty close. That, that was what they said they would kind of max out at, right? You pair that with higher interest rates, higher Fed funds rate at least, you get um, a, a higher dollar exchange rate and uh, higher lending costs, especially overseas, for US dollars. And then on top of that, you have the fact that the US uh, balance sheet, our, our fiscal budget, the US debt that we always talk about, is really getting out of hand, right? Despite the fact that we're not in a recession, and it's in a time in which the Fed is not only not helping monetize that debt, but they're actually, I guess, could we say demonetizing it as they're unwinding their balance sheet? Right. Basically, this has put a squeeze on the dollar, and it's put a squeeze on foreign uh, corporations and, and investors and whatnot, which have for many years have depended on dollar funding and have a large amount of dollar debt, right? A great example would be a country like Turkey, right? They dealt with their own emerging market crisis, currency crisis beginning about, you know, this time last year, it's kind of right around this time of year. They haven't really gotten out of it. And the idea behind it was that they took on a large amount of euro debt and dollar debt. We're mostly focusing on the dollar debt today. And uh, the problem for a country like Turkey is that they have their own currency, the Turkish lira, which over the last year has depreciated a ton, right? Uh, it's, I don't know, I wanna say the exchange rate versus the dollar has maybe been cut in half. So, so it's kind of like this. You take out a million dollar loan, right? But over the time span of that million dollar loan, let's say in this case a year, the purchasing power of your currency, has been cut in half, but the purchasing power of, of the currency that you owe the loan in it in has basically doubled, relative to each other, right? Meaning we have Turkish corporations which receive their revenue in Turkish lira, but then they have to pay these debts off in dollars, U.S. dollars, and and that creates a funding problem for them, right? And and it's led to this euro dollar squeeze. You know, it goes much much deeper than just Turkey, right? This is kind of a worldwide problem. The, the term euro dollar squeeze is not necessarily just like the euro area. It's it's a term to refer to offshore dollars. And these increased funding costs, many have, have predicted that this is going to lead to a rapid ascent in the U.S. dollar. Plus, you know, pile on to that, the, the fact that Europe, their economies are slowing down. There's a ton of risk there. And, and the chance that that could send a large amount of dollars or money, capital, into U.S. dollars as well as U.S. stocks and, and, and other U.S.-denominated assets. The same is you know, somewhat true for, for a country like South Korea or Japan or China. Basically, the idea behind this euro-dollar squeeze, which is, I would say is a real thing, It just maybe the, the big question is how much higher will it go, it, it has the potential, as many have said, to send the dollar to much, much higher levels, right? I've heard levels as high as like 110, 120, 130 on the DXY. To put that in perspective, it's you know just north of 97 right now, right? And if that were to happen, it would probably send silver and gold much, much lower. I'll get to that in a second. But the big question we have to be asking is, will the Fed prevent such a thing from happening? This is, I think, really crucial for the silver and gold markets as well as the dollar. With this euro, this ongoing euro dollar squeeze, which I think the Fed very well may be aware of, if the dollar continues to tighten, it's game over. If the dollar continues to rise, it's game over for foreign economies and eventually the U.S. economy as well. We're probably going to head into a very deeper recession very quickly. Not to say it won't happen otherwise, but it's, it's, it's pretty much a done deal there What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Will the Fed prevent that from happening? Will they ease their monetary policy and provide enough liquidity, dollar liquidity, in order to offset some of these funding shortages and this dollar shortage that we're kind of seeing worldwide? Now, my answer to that question is, I don't know. But I think so. Right. That's my answer. I don't know for sure, but I think so. And I understand it's incredibly vague, but I'll expand on it. So basically, what I see coming from the Fed over the next 12 months is an easier monetary policy. Now, it's, it's not going to move in a straight line. There's going to be bumps along the way. Powell and company are not going to be as dovish or as hawkish as people may expect, but it's coming right interest rates are likely to be cut at the end of this month the fed funds rate it's probably going to happen a couple more times this year with the potential for a really big rate cut if, if things get out of hand in, in this u.s stock market or the u.s economy or unemployment data it's it's coming but but then on top of that we also have quantitative easing which i think is also really important for providing some sort of dollar liquidity to the system i mean they're basically printing dollars that's that's providing liquidity to the system and I think QE is coming. I mean, quantitative tightening is going to end pretty quickly. QE is right around the corner, and you know, as Luke Roman would say, it's almost necessary because of the fiscal situation with the U.S. government. It's out of control. They're 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 taking on way too much debt, right? And and that's part of why the dollar has has maintained its value and, and risen at points. Partly is because of that demand for the dollar in order to fund the U.S. government, in order to buy these bonds, right? But it's getting out of hand and it's getting to the point where we're seeing a lot of foreigners, foreign uh, central banks with their, with their um, um, currency uh, uh, reserves, forex reserves, as well as foreign investors, just not putting the money into U.S. bonds like they have in the past. Really leaving it up to U.S. consumers, And U.S. financial institutions to pick up the slack, but they only have so far to go. They're they only have a certain appetite for U.S. Treasury bonds, and at some point, potentially in the next twelve months, the Fed is going to have to step in and monetize that debt. Right? This is a QE infinity that everybody's talked about for so long that never came to fruition. QE three eventually ended. We had quantitative tightening. Well, QE four slash QE infinity is right around the corner because of just how much monetization of this debt that will have to occur. And that certainly will provide liquidity to the dollar system. Will it be enough? We'll see, right? Some would say that the Fed is just not powerful enough to to solve this this global dollar shortage, right? Uh, But that's kind of the big question we have to ask is it will the Fed be dovish enough? Will they provide enough liquidity? in order to halt this euro dollar squeeze, right? That's question number one. Question number two is if they don't, and the dollar rises compared to other currencies significantly, tops 100, 100, 105, 110, because of this euro dollar squeeze, because of this flight to safety, uh, because of of the increasing demand for dollars for, for U.S. bonds and and, and uh, the Fed just doesn't cut interest rates quickly enough or start QE soon enough. If we have a euro dollar squeeze, question number two is, does that mean silver and gold will fall? Now, the, the, the kind of common consensus or, or conventional wisdom would say that if the dollar moves up, gold moves down, and silver moves down, and vice versa. And that makes sense, right? Because we're talking about silver and gold in dollar terms. And if the dollar is moving up relative to other currencies, it's getting stronger. Generally, it would make sense for assets, in this case commodities, and silver and gold in particular, to go down in price. And yet that's not always the case. A great example would be the last three months in uh, in, in the Dollar and gold markets. The dollar over the last three months is basically even, unchanged, right? Right around ninety-seven point three, and yet gold has moved up from right around twelve eighty all the way up to over fourteen hundred dollars, right? That's like two. What is it? One hundred and forty dollars that it's risen, despite the dollar being unchanged. Right. And so this idea that, that gold cannot rise in a dollar bull market is not necessarily true, especially if this flight to safety carries on to the gold and silver markets. Which it very well may do just that, right? If we see a large amount of dollars or capital move into the US dollar. Uh, as well as U.S. Treasury bonds. We see Treasury bond yields go down, even though it doesn't make sense. Let's say we see it happen like we have in Europe. Say the 10-year heads to 1.5%, 1%, even lower. And we see this flight to, to safety. Silver and gold start to make a lot more sense than at that point for a lot of investors, right? Would you rather buy this U.S. U.S. Treasury bond for you know 1% yield or, or one5 which is probably going to be under the rate of inflation, or would you rather... Buy something like gold or silver, right? Not to mention if if the recession is bad as I think it would be in, in the scenario of a dollar bull market, a big move up in the dollar, then there's gonna be a lot of of capital in general that is gonna be looking for a safe haven, silver and gold. And and this might seem like a bit of a permable perspective right this idea that well i think the fed is going to ease enough and that's going to send gold and silver up regardless but even if they don't the gold and silver could stay steady or even rise despite the dollar rising but i think that's reality that we that we face right again conventional wisdom would state that if the dollar is rising silver and gold are going to go down and yet what happens when both of those assets asset classes are seen as safe havens Right. And maybe even a more important question, what happens once this euro dollar squeezes over and the dollar eventually rots from within, just like the U.S. Economy, economy itself, and it is no longer seen as a safe haven asset? What remains at that point? right? Because I can tell you what's not going to be on that list. The euro, the yen, the yuan, the pound, U.S. equities, Japanese equities, European equities, Chinese equities, right? All of those things are not going to be on the list of potential safe haven replacements for the dollar. I don't think bonds, uh, sovereign bonds, will be on that list either. And and I think a large amount of that share is going to go to silver and gold, right? Because where else are they going to place it? Overvalued bonds or a crashing bond market, a crashing stock market, whatever it might be, you know, depending on where we're talking about in this timeline, silver and gold just make sense right now. And I think that's only going to become more and more true in the future. As always, thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video, listening to this podcast, and God bless.